KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Tuesday as we talk sports with you for the next 30 minutes before we skedaddle on out of here. If you're tuning in for Iowa Wolves basketball, we'll get you to that here at the bottom of the hour. The Wolves have a uh, morning game, That's a, a what it school is. kids game. Yep. Uh, so we will uh, broadcast. Uh, we'll have that uh, coming up here at about 1030. Trent and I will uh, get on out of here. Rob Doster is going to join us, NBCSports.com. We're going to do some college basketball conversation. Normally joins us on Mondays. He's one. He's our national guy. Uh, but because of the Super Bowl yesterday, etc., that kind of didn't fit into yesterday's show other than Iowa and Iowa State conversation. So Rob Doster coming up here in about 15 minutes. Uh, and that will be it as far as the BMW of Des Moines guest list. Uh, not a lot going on last night, uh, Trent. Three games involving big uh, uh, top 25 teams. Two of them, uh, two of the games uh, with big 12 teams. You know what it kind of for me last night was? I feel like I've kind of been cheating on the big 12. I'm oh, running yeah, around yeah, a little bit on, uh-huh. on the big 12 with the big 10. For me, it's always been big 10 football, big 12 basketball kind mm-hmm. of moves my needle, right? But this year, the Big Ten is so great in hoops, I can't get enough. And tonight, we're going to get incredibly, well, at least the chances are, Rutgers at Maryland, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, Michigan State. Which I think can be really good I do, too. And that's the one that kind of separates itself. That's 7 o'clock on the Big Ten Network. Nice. The other two are earlier at 6. You've got high school basketball. But but point being, for me anyways, it was good to... You know, to spend the night watching the Big 12, and, mm-hmm. and unfortunately they were both on at the same time, but, you know, you could flip back and forth a little bit, and you know what is it, and I'm going to ask Doster this, and I think we maybe talked about it a little bit last night, is it just time to swallow hard and anoint Baylor as the team to beat? I, I still like so. the Zags. I, I like them, but again, they don't really get pushed. The WCC's, I think, pretty good this year mm-hmm. overall. Uh, you have San Francisco who pushed Gonzaga over the weekend. I found that game thanks yeah, to Matt too. Norlander who, uh-huh. who alerted us on Twitter. Get to Root Sports. Root Sports. You know about Root Sports. They got- yeah, they're the the uh, Penguins for yeah. forever, but I couldn't find that, so I found it way up in the 680s or 690s, so I did see the final couple of minutes of that on Saturday. But I, but I like the Zags team. Um, but your point about the WCC? Better. BYU, yep. probably tournament team. St. Mary's, been solid for a while. For a long time, yeah. And, uh, yeah, probably going to get three teams in the tournament unless somebody pulls a shocker in Vegas in the WCC tournament. But but better. But still, this has not been a Gonzaga team that's been pushed, and mm-hmm. that's seemingly what it is for them well, for a long time. Uh, they played those non-conference games with Memphis when Calipari was there. Remember yes, those games? Do. Which were excellent. Love to see yep. something like that again. But uh, the, aside, this... Uh, at the top, is it just because it's Baylor? But what is it yes, about? Yes, I think that's entirely yeah. it. If it was any other blue blood uh-huh. with the exact same guys, you'd be fine. I but it so. is Baylor. Right. And because it's Baylor, you can't be pushed. It's just hard to come around. Here's the thing, Trent, and I was thinking about this last night. Um, this is, a, I think, an opportunity to, you know, to go a little deeper and to find some team out there that's got generous odds at this point. Because the favorites in all likelihood... I mean, could they? Of course, 
But this might be the year that at, as the as we get to the middle of February that you can get a school mm-hmm. at twenty twenty five to one that's you know legitimately got a chance. You're looking for that team to get momentum going in their direction, right? You're looking for that team that's for whatever reason, maybe it's injuries or have not played well, uh, haven't lived up to expectations. But if you're a sports gambler, I, I think you should be searching for that team. I'm not sure who that team is, right? And I think that's a, this is a chance to do that. Well, and I am a gambler, and I have done that already, because I think there's very good odds for some of those teams to make a run. One of the teams that's way down that list, a lot further even than the 25-30 to 1, is 75 to 1 right now, and that's Michigan. I know Michigan's look terrible yeah, they have. for three, four weeks, but this is when you're looking to create that value. Mm-hmm. If Isaiah Livers comes back, mm-hmm. and he is healthy, this team is as good as anybody. We see all this in November. We saw it in November. You're right. And they can make a run, and they have done it in the past. Now it's a different coach. Mm-hmm. That you, you can certainly make those arguments. And it's not gone well for Juwan Howard after that run that they had in Maui. But overall, I think that's that's a team at least that is looking with and has a ton of value at 75-1. to The other thing, if you do get one of these wagers, you get in there and they make a run, but maybe you're not sure if they can win the whole thing. Well, you can start hedging at the end. Right. If this team does make right. a run to the Final Four, then you can start hedging uh-huh. on that bet. And at 75 to 1, you got a lot of wiggle room there to create some money and, and add to the bankroll, even if they don't ultimately cut down the nets. Are you on Michigan? I'm on Michigan. Fired at them at 75 to 1. Also took a stab at Florida when they got up to 60 uh-huh. to 1. Uh, what about Florida State? Florida State. Boy, they they're deep, are, Trent. They, they are. are so deep. They get just dude after dude uh-huh. after dude. Leonard Hamilton, 71. I heard them yep. last night talking about a contract mm-hmm. extension for him. Why not? He just he keeps going. Yeah. And boy, does they he have, look good for 71. He, he really does. They had nine guys, Trent, played over. And this is night after night after night. Mm-hmm. Nine guys played double-digit minutes last night. 30 to 1. That's what they are. 30 to 1. You can uh-huh. get them. Other teams in that area. We'll go 25 to 1 or more. Well, you can get Kentucky right now. At Worth 25. a stab of Trent. I think so. Butler? Yeah, I don't know. I don't see enough of them. Oregon? I love Peyton Pritchard. Uh-huh. I like that team at 25 to 1 again, where you're looking to create value. Arizona's 30 to 1. Maryland's 30 to 1. Don't trust either of those teams. Well, I know you don't trust Terzian. No, that's, that's, that's your big That's deal. the reason. Boy, they're, they're in a big spot tonight. The, uh, Rutger, Rutgers, uh, uh, Maryland, to me, is appointment TV. And Rutgers six. needs a road uh-huh. victory to kind of solidify themselves and in You know there. what Maryland's like at home? No doubt. Unbeatable. Your Illini, 60 to 1. They're 60 to 1. Texas Tech, 60 to 1. Yeah, don't, I don't love like that. Texas Tech, no. Michigan is now 70 to 1. My, mm-hmm. my, uh, Smart money's coming my $5 in. wager must yes. have really pushed him over the edge there and had it move it down. LSU also 70 to 1, who's undefeated in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen much of Will Wade's squad. No, nor have I. He makes a strong ass offer. We know that, but outside <laughs> yeah. of that, haven't seen the Tigers a whole lot this season. You know, season. That, I'm surprised that never came back to, to haunt them more. Yeah. I mean, Sean Miller, yeah, talked about Arizona. Thing. Business as usual. It's fine. Bill Self, uh-huh. eh, just go about your business. Although Nike apparently in court there in a, in a court battle um, uh, with all, of all people with Michael Avenatti, and they came out and they they admitted that you know yeah they or they didn't uh, they didn't try to cover up the fact that they've been paying players. You know, that came out yesterday in the court. They just, you know, whatever, glossed over it. Moving on, indeed. So, uh, but but good good opportunity, I think, I think so. to find uh, to find one of those teams that you know for whatever reason not living up to preseason expectations. Iowa, by the way, forty to one. Are they? Well, and Maryland is what? Maryland is thirty to one. Illinois is sixty to one. Sixty to one. 
Big Ten, Trent, is uh, it's going to toughen it's these teams deep. up. Yes, it's so deep. It's so fun. I love this conference this year. But I was glad that I spent the night in the Big 12, for the most part, last night. It mm-hmm. really was. It was uh, good to see both uh, both uh, games had uh, real good broadcasting tandems uh, that were doing the games. And Kansas uh, and Texas was good for the first, well, 20 minutes. And then Kansas, boy, this Dotson's unbelievable, isn't he? he good really is. God, he's fun to watch. So much fun to watch. As a bouquet off the bench. Did not start last night. Who is your Big 12 Player of the Year? Is it Dotson yes. or is it Butler? No, it's Dotson. It's Dotson for you. For me, okay. yeah. You in the Butler camp? Especially if they win the regular season uh-huh. crown. I think that yeah. has something to do with it. If they, right. they win it outright... I know Kansas, of right. course, last year, finally the streak ended. But if Baylor gets it done, what I did think ba- I'm Jared Butler, Butler had uh, 20 last night. Just ho-hum. For him, right? Who, who else is up there all Big 12? West Virginia, Culver? Mm, yeah. Yeah. The Ramsey, big guy. Texas Tech. Yeah, he's nice. The big guy, the big dude at West Virginia, yeah. The freshman. The freshman, right? Oscar. Oscar, that's yeah. what I call him. Um, Old buddy Oscar. Yeah, Dotson's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I think Dotson and Butler are the two guys anyways. But it's good to be back uh, uh, in that conference last night. You know, we are going to, or I am going to, um, reach out to Brian Rilko from the Iowa Racing Gaming Commission. Yesterday we talked a little bit. My assumption was that it was so good for Nevada that the country, that the properties in the entire country had to make a killing Mm -hmm. on Super Bowl Sunday. New Jersey got beat. No. New Jersey lost money, apparently. Wow. I saw that from David Purdom. Uh, if you're into sports wagering, he's, a real, he's, he's a ESPN's uh, sports wagering columnist, if you will, or guy on the beat, and, and he uh, tweeted that out last night, which surprised me. So maybe Iowa did. I don't know. Very well, I mean, when, it, when, it, when it came in, when it came in Chiefs and the under, that killed so many Chiefs over parlays. I mean, huge money right. on that. You got to bet. The betting public was on the over. Uh-huh. Props overall usually loses. Mm-hmm. It, could the swing been that big with Chiefs money? I mean, no, I saw because some there properties. was a ton of Niner money line. See, I saw a couple of properties that were over 70% Chiefs. Uh-huh. Now, that was just straight wagers, laying the poise one side or the right. other. You bring up the money line side of it, that's probably more 49er money mm-hmm. there. Because if you're going to take the point. Niners, you're yeah. only getting a point and a half. You're going to bet them on the so money So instead line. of lying the minus 110 and getting the point and a half, you're you say the heck buck, with it. You're getting buck 20. Yeah, I'll get plus 105 and whatever. Yeah, and take the money line in that route, whatever it was. So it'll be interesting. I hope Brian has that information. Mm-hmm. You know, it's getting to the point by we understood early on that first Iowa State game. You, I, I think a lot of betting people wanted to know yes. what the handle was How for the side. How much our Super Bowl generated? It was early. It was very early in the uh-huh. process. wasn't even was a, a month, month into it. Right. But now, got maybe the summer, by next football season at the very least, mm-hmm. you would hope that that's something they uh, can do. Well, hopefully we'll have that answer for you on Thursday because we're stacked up tomorrow. For the first time tomorrow, we are going to have Shelby Mast back yes, on with us. Our bracketologist. Yeah, we look forward to speaking with him on a weekly basis. He's very good. He's one of the best in the business uh, from USA Today in Gannett. Uh, and he's done it for a long time. And uh, th- this year... I think it's going to be a complete nightmare for guys like him and Lenardi and Jerry Palm uh, trying to zero in on this thing because it is so wide open. And if you get a stage where a team like you and I runs the table mm-hmm. until Arch Madness and gets knocked off, now you got to put the Panthers mm-hmm. in along with the MVC tournament well, And champion. I hope that's the case. I truly I would love to see two case. get back in. Right. There's a possibility for that. And we talked about the WCC. San Francisco gets it done. All right. Mm-hmm. Now are we putting four in there. The A-10... Down this year, the Big East. I mean, Big top East to is bottom. Good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we talking about 
12 Big Ten teams and eight from the Big East all of a sudden. Those are the two best conferences, Trent, for my money they are. I think that's fair For my money they are. You know, it's hard to... The Big East, I love Big East basketball. I've told you this before, Mm -hmm. and it just Georgetown, St. John's. The history of it, right? Villanova, I wish Syracuse was still around. But yeah, it's the history behind it. The Madison Square Garden tournament. I mean, that's that's appointment TV. But with Butler... And Xavier and Creighton in there. I know, it feels weird. It right? just feels odd. It's it just odd. different. It is. Speaking of around it. We got out of Norlander in two minutes, but our uh, state Doster. last night. Doster. Our Doster, Doster, yeah. yeah, Doster. Uh, but our state last night, you got you got a quick hit on what I happened. I really don't. I mean, we're, we're, not po- we're not politics guys, but it was, it was riveting feel, television. I, here's what I do. I feel bad for all the people that worked a part of it. Oh, no doubt. Because a lot of people you know, gave up their time. Mm-hmm. Um, My caucus location, everything went fine. Did it good. It was easy. In out, boom, yeah. got it done. It was such a better process. So what time were you home? Years ago, we were home by eight fifteen. Oh, so you saw a lot of hoops last night. Dad. Yeah. And well, it turned out to be a lot of CNN and a lot of the locals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, is what it turned into. Just because it was riveting television. Well, I was last watching night. Jerry Crawford after the Big Twelve yep. games or at halftime or whatever on thirteen. Watching, yep. watching Crawford on thirteen and uh, and that team over there and. I think the guy's name is Mike Mahaffey. He was the head of the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission oh, really? for a long time. Yeah, um, yeah, he was for sure. So, yeah, I just, I just, I feel bad for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. And the fact that the state that I love and I live in and I uh, hope to spend the rest of my life here, um, kind of a black eye here today, right? It, it was. Yeah, we're losing, possibly losing the first in uh, in the nation status. That is, that's an impact. That's an impact well, to financially. Television, radio stations, mm-hmm. that's going to be an impact to businesses just across mm-hmm. Des Moines and across the state of Iowa. You know, this isn't just a Des Moines thing. Well, I saw a television, or a television article, a newspaper article that uh, hotel rooms last night in, in Des Moines, A, you couldn't find one. Really? And B, if you could, they were eight dollars $900 a night Whoa. in Des Moines on a Monday night. And that was probably the case on Sunday. These are Super Bowl prices. They're Super Bowl prices. Uh, Rob Doster coming up. Yeah, speaking of Super Bowl prices, the uh, the ticket, Ticketmaster, um, Highest there was it the highest Super Bowl average ticket price ever? Yes, yep. On Ticketmaster, just crazy. You know that it's over six thousand dollars. All right, let's do this, Trent, because we're not we don't have a break. Rob Doster's coming up here in a moment, so we do want to get this in here before we uh, turn things over to the crew that have the Iowa Iowa Wolves call coming up at ten thirty. If you're tuning in for Wolves basketball, fifteen minutes will get you down to Wells Fargo Arena. You won't miss a thing. Uh, but it's time to pay your bills with iHeart Radio fourteen sixty KX and O along with one hundred six point three. Uh, text the keyword ball to two hundred two hundred right now. That's your chance to win a grand that's ball to 200 200 you'll get a confirmation text and info standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest all right miller and condon uh, continuing on taking you up until 10 30 uh, rob doster nbc sports college basketball talk.com he's also trent i don't know if you're aware of this uh, jeff goodman's put a panel together at stadium sports uh, Jeff Porcello, Doster, DeCourcy, LaFonso Ellis, Jeff Goodman, uh, Doug Gottlieb, Katz, Kellogg, Norlander, O'Neill, and Mark Titus. Uh, those uh, incredible basketball minds have uh, put together their consensus player of the year in college basketball. It's certainly interesting on a couple of fronts. Uh, National Player of the Year uh, right now uh, is Obi Toppin from Dayton. I don't think that's a shock. No. Garza right behind him, but it's the number 14 slot, Trent, that will maybe surprise you. A.J. Green from UNI. Wow. 
finds himself uh, listed as the 14th best player in the country. That's Rob, All-American status. Third-team All-American? Uh, well, it works wow. for me. Uh, Rob Doster, part of that uh, crew that puts that together, he joins us. Rob, Trenton, Ken, thanks for being on. How are you? What's going on, guys? How are we doing? Doing well. You know, I want to talk about that just to begin. I know it's Goodman Stadium, but you're a part of it. And uh, who did you have? Was, was, was Toppin your guy at the top, or did Iowa's Luca Garza get your first place vote? Both guys, obviously. I'm not sure there is a right answer. Uh, both guys having tremendous years. Yeah, it's Obi Toppin for me, and, and that's not necessarily a shot of Luca Garza. I think Luke is obviously terrific. He's kind of in that like top two or three range for me in terms of National Player of the Year, and I think he's a lock for first-team All-America at this point. Uh, it's just for me, what Obi is able to do for that team and the way that he opens everything up. Like I don't know how much uh, Dayton basketball people in Iowa are watching, but they are the... They, they probably play the most uh, uh, similar style to NBA teams uh, of anybody in the college ranks. Mm. They have uh, two big guys that can shoot it in Obi Top and Ryan Mikesville, and both of them are big enough to uh, guard in the paint on the other end of the floor. They run a lot of ball screens. They have a lot of movement. They run a lot of horns, actually. They space the floor as well as anybody. They have great guards that can really, really shoot. They know how to work in ball screens. They are, there's a reason they're the most efficient offense in college basketball, and it's not necessarily because of Obi Toppin being a great offensive player, but it's how well he lets them operate. Like There's very few guys in, in, in the college ranks that can make threes, that can take bigger defenders off the dribble, that are able to uh, create and make plays with the ball in the hands off the bounce, on the perimeter that are rim-running lob catchers, that are lob targets, that are able to post up the way that he does. He's so good at everything that you need to be able to do to run that style of offense. He is the the piece that makes it all work. So for me, the reason why Dayton is able to have an offense that is that efficient is because Obi Toppin is the absolute perfect player at the five. And he just so happens to be averaging like 20 points, eight boards, a couple assists, a couple blocks, a couple steals. So um, And he does everything defensively. Too. Like he, he's just an incredible piece. And, uh, you, you know, I, I say this with uh, as all due respect, but I think that he, like, He's kind of like a role player in that system, if that makes sense. Like, he's not the guy that's going to at the end of a clock, but he's absolutely the best role player uh, in college basketball, without question. And for me, he's a player of the year. There's a reason why Dayton is as good as they are is because Obi Toppin uh, exists and, and is able to open everything else up. So what's it going to take for Luka Garza to take over Obi Toppin for you? <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. If he keeps putting up, like, 30 and 15, at some point <laughs> I'm going to have to kind of change my mind. Yeah. But... Um, you know, my, my biggest thing with Luca is uh, I, I'm hesitant to make him be the national player of the year because I think his flaws defensively are the reasons they have to go zone. Now, they've been better defensively when they play zone than when they kind of are forced to play man, but I don't think that um, necessarily playing zone is the best way uh, to win in the college ranks. So I, I do think that there are some concerns about him defensively. It's the same reason why I had question marks about whether or not like Marvin Bagley could be the national player of the year in 2018 and things along those lines. So when you are something of a liability on that end of the floor, I think that it has to kind of take away from your potential as um, a national player of the year candidate because I think that will be top. And one of the things he does best is, is kind of uh, be versatile and be switchable and do all of those things on the defensive end. So I do think that that has to come into play. But, I mean, you, you can't 
can't argue with 23 and 10. Like, 23 and 10 is 23 and 10. And at some point, you just kind of have to say, well, you know what? All right. Uh, maybe I have a blind spot on this one. Yeah, kind of like I do with Baylor, uh, for whatever reason. We're trying to – we spent some time in the first uh, – before we got you on here, Rob, trying to – because I think that this is one of those years you can find one of those teams that maybe, you know, not living up to expectations or they've had a guy hurt or for whatever reason not as good at this point or early in the year than we think they have the potential still to be. We're shopping for that team right now because maybe I just have to swallow hard and Baylor is the best team in the country. I like the Zags, but we're trying to find somebody that's 20-25 to 1 because this legitimately could be the year uh, that we could find that team that comes from, air quote, nowhere uh, to cut down the nets in this thing. Who's that team for you? Oh, man. So there's a lot of teams that can kind of come a little bit off the radar. Like, I don't know. Does Auburn count as off the radar because they're coming off of a Final Four? Like, does Kentucky this year count as off the radar because they're probably turning towards being like a a five seed or so? Well, they're 25-30 to one. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, like, Michigan State with Cassius Winston and Tom Izzo, like, I'm still on board with them having Mm -hmm. a chance to win a national title. So, it's, it's, it's kind of weird to like talk about these teams that are off the radar because it feels like all the off the radar teams are the the power programs that we're normally yeah. talking about. Now, um, if you want to talk about a couple teams that I think aren't getting the kind of pub that I think that they should be in terms of being like a national title contender, I would say Villanova is one of them. Mm. I, you know, I think they've I know that they got smoked by Creighton, um, but I do think that they're a team that has kind of turned a corner a little bit. I think Sadiq Bay is. Uh, maybe the most like under discussed potential lottery pick in college basketball. I mean, he's six foot eight. He's a terrific defender, and he's kind of turned into like their best um, offensive option. That's not uh, Colin Gillespie. So I think Villanova needs to be in that conversation, and I do think that Creighton has to be in that conversation as well because they are just so they're so dangerous offensively. You know, we saw what they did uh, at at Villanova on Saturday. Um, and it wasn't even like we, everyone knows their big three, right? Marcus Zagorowski and Tyshawn Alexander and, and uh, Mitchell Ballack. But it was Denzel Mahoney, like the transfer that just got eligible in the middle of the season that, uh, that, that really changed things for them. So um, it, they're, I mean, they're really, really dangerous and they get hot. Now the problem is if you can kind of bully them inside and you don't get the, the, you know, the, the small ball doesn't take advantage of what you can do defensively, then that's, um, that's a problem for them. And I don't know if they can, match up with some of these teams. Like, someone that has an Obi Toppin, I don't know if Creighton's going to be able to match up with that. But, uh, you know, the NCAA tournament, styles make fights. So uh, <laughs> that's something to definitely keep an eye on with that team. Help us out with LSU. Make it a run through the SEC. I know it's not a great SEC this year. We're talking about Will Wade's squad, another team that had a great season a year ago but had all the controversy around them. I honestly haven't seen a whole lot about them. How good is this LSU team? Uh, they're they're fine. You know, I, I think that... Um, a lot of what they've done so far this like I don't want to call it lucky. I hate, I hate, I hate referring to winning close games as luck, um, but I do think that there's something to be said about a team that has a resume full of like close wins, and LSU certainly qualifies. You know, before uh, this past week, they had won six in a row with a uh, with the margin of victory totaling 15 points. So you know, one basket here, one jump shot there, one misplay up here, and we're talking about a very different narrative for what this team season is now. That said, I don't think you can really overlook, you know, what they are, what they're doing. Um, they have the talent has always been there, right? Like even at the start of the season, the, the, the talent on that roster wasn't an issue. Talk about Javante Smart and Skylar Mays and uh, Trenton Wofford, and then put them all together with a couple of uh, athletes and guys that can really defend, like a 
thinking Marlon Taylor and um, I'm blanking on the other guys, uh, uh, Emmett Williams, there you go. And um, you, you put that team on the floor and you give Will Wade, who can, like we all know he can really, really coach. So you put that team out there and it shouldn't necessarily be surprising people that they've gotten this far. But, yeah, I, I do think, and, and this probably qualifies a little bit for Bruce Pearl as well, but I do think that there's something to be said for the fact that like these guys with uh, some NCAA violations kind of hanging over their head. People kind of ignore just how good they are as basketball coaches, right? Like, I think the narrative around, well, what is all these, some of these strong-ass offers for players. And, um, you know, you have Bruce Pearl, who is uh, apparently, like, the reason he's a cheater is because he brings kids to barbecues that he's not allowed to bring to. And that is the way that you can uh, kind of build the amount of talent that he has on his roster. So they get these reputations of being guys that aren't really great coaches, that are just great recruiters that can amass all this talent. And, and, yes, you have to be a great recruiter to be able to win at that level, but at some point you kind of have to look at it and say, okay, Will Wade lost his two most talented players off of last year's SEC regular season champion, and right now at this very moment, despite dealing with all of this NCAA stuff and all of this drama and all of the stuff that doesn't have anything to do with basketball, and, oh, by the way, dealing with the murder of a player that happened before last season started, not only did he win last year's SEC regular season title, but he's two games up on everybody else in the SEC, and he only has to play Auburn once, and he only has to play Kentucky once. So he, they're like the, the clear-cut favorite to win this their second straight SEC regular season title at LSU. That cannot be overlooked. Same thing with Bruce Pearl, who lost Jared Harper and Chumo Kiki and Bryce Brown off of last year's Final Four team. That was a five-seed, by the way. And they turn around. It turned around, and now they're 19-2 and two in the SEC, and they're sitting there tied for second, and they just beat Kentucky as the favorite of an, uh, against a team that we're talking about. Like, hey, Kentucky can win a national title, but they are still underdogs when they go and they play at Auburn. So uh, what those two guys have been able to do, like, you can't just say, oh, yeah, they're cheaters. They, they get all this talent in, blah, blah, whatever. No, they're, they're incredible basketball coaches having incredible seasons that – uh, maybe don't do it in ways that the NCAA enjoys. Uh, Rob, we have two minutes left and a hard stop as we got to get the Iowa Wolves basketball coming up here. Uh, j- just a quick take on the Big Ten. We saw a classic, at least I thought it was, Illinois-Iowa was really good television uh, noon our time on Sunday. Michigan State had a loss. Uh, Maryland's unbelievable at home. They get Rutgers tonight. That's a heavyweight battle. Uh, but what about this conference? Uh, Illinois, 60 to 60 to 1, did you say, Trent? I think you said 60 yeah. to 1, which is crazy. With Coburn and Fraser and Bashanas Vili and Desomu and Feliz off the bench was out of his mind on Sunday. How's the Big Ten going to shake out? <laughs> I have no idea. Man. That's like trying to like ask me how the the Iowa caucuses are going to shake out. Nobody has any idea at this point. So um, the the thing that I enjoy about the Big Ten is just how balanced it is, right? I'm looking at it right now, and um, we have 10 teams from the Big Ten in our latest bracket update between the three seed and the nine seed. And then there are eight teams that are between a four and an eight. And there are five teams that are on the six seed line and the seven seed line. So uh, there are a lot of, like, just good teams. Now, if you're going to ask me if there's anybody in that conference that can actually win a national title, that I don't know if there's there's an answer to. But – uh, it's just they're, they're going to beat each other up every single night, man. It's a lot of fun to watch. Indeed it is. Rob Doster, uh, Doss, we'll get you back on Mondays going forward in your normal spot uh, now that the Super Bowl is coming gone. Who did you bet? You're New Jersey Res. You can bet legally. Did you have a play on Sunday? Well, uh, I'm a 49ers fan, so uh-uh. let's just say uh, I, I don't. 
I don't remember the Super I don't know what happened. Did it, did it happen already? Did they already play? Yeah. You sure it's not next Sunday? Yeah. I wish it was. I could use another one. 184 days away from uh, the beginning of football season. How about who's counting? Doster, thank you, Rob. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. Yeah, I'm going to talk to you. Rob Doster, NBC Sports, collegebasketballtalk.com. You've got high school basketball tonight. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, heading up to Urbandale. Going to watch the Jayhawks as they welcome in the Southeast Polk Rams. We'll join in progress here on KXNO at 7 o'clock for the girls' game and then finish off with the boys' side at about 8.15. So radio coverage tonight. Yes, radio coverage. Dual. Friday night. Nice. We got a little break in the schedule here, so going to be hearing a lot more hoops. We got state wrestling just a few weeks away. That'll mean uh, a shortened show for you on that Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. You'll have maybe an hour at the end All of it to right. fill in as I make my way back from the well. But here we go. It's uh, it's that time of year, and my wife. I hope she got to know me well here over the last couple of months because I will not be home very often until about April, and then you'll be doing baseball. That starts in late May. It's crazy. It never ends. All right, so coming up uh, tomorrow, we'll have Cappy on the program. Look forward to catching up with uh, Cappy. Of course, the news of the Chris Bryan will be a week old, but we'll get the latest from Cappy. You know who he's working with, uh, who his co-host is today, tomorrow, and Thursday? No. Kyle Long. Oh, interesting. Pretty cool. I don't know if Long's trying to get to... I'm sure he is because his brother does a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Ryan Rosillo, formerly of ESPN, they have a podcast that they do every Monday. Yeah. Which uh, I'm a Chris big Long's had fan. a hell of a life off the field. Yes. Seems like a really good person. How about Kyle Long, guy that just you know high school lefty that threw in the mid nineties, yeah. went to play college baseball. You know what? I'll give football a shot. Goes back to it. Goes to the NFL. Unbelievable. Those Long boys, pretty good lineage, huh? I'll say that he's a Hall of Famer after yeah. all. All right, Iowa Wolves basketball coming up. Uh, Murph and Andy will slide on in here at two. The Fanatics will be here at four. They're four to seven today. I believe so, yes. And uh, Tuesdays, that is Cyclone Insider. Oh, right, exactly. So Cyclone Insider, and then uh, tomorrow the uh, Leistakow and Emmert will be here uh, with the Hawkeye version. All right, Iowa Wolves basketball. Wells Fargo Arena is the the scene for that one. Gets down there right after this music ends. Miller and Condon back tomorrow. Of course, the morning rush will start things off at 6 a.m. Trent and I take over at 10, uh, and we'll see you then. Penn State, grab the 8.5. Grab the eight and a half. There That's you go. The pick. I gave you the T Wolves last last you night. You did. So it was by four. A little slight, uh, tight at the end. Uh, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Talk to you tomorrow. Wolves next.